Welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Podcast. It's me today. So I'm your host, Melissa Hamilton, and I am sharing a little bit of a personal blog, uh, personal reflection that I shared recently. And some of you prefer to listen than read. So I'm going to share this story with you. And the title of the blog was Embarrassed to be a Feminist. And it's taken me a while to get around to writing this one. Six months ago, a wonderful female executive that I coach shared the reaction of her male leader when she shared that she was choosing to work with me. And the statement was, are you sure you want to work with her? She's a feminist. I did meet this person. Even six months later, I'm not sure why this sentence shocked me so much. I thought about it a lot since then. And after the initial kind of disbelief that 2023 now, 2024, a senior male executive would say this, let alone think this, you know, a leader who leads thousands of employees, it just doesn't land well with me. And it's left me with only one conclusion, and that is the sad reality that we really do have a problem. The other problems, the other problems, that was a bit of a Freudian slip, but the other reactions that I had were more complex and they were my own reactions and one of those was embarrassment. Wow, do people think I'm a feminist? You know, I I laugh at myself when I say that because it is almost laughable. You know, here we are on a podcast titled Brave Feminine Leadership and, you know, it had seemed that I probably should have reconciled this by now. So I really had to stop and examine my own relationship with a term that's got history. I had to think about labels um, and I had to think about that history that maybe still colours my perception and explains my reaction. How did one word become so complex? You know, we all grew up with dominant archetypes. I grew up in the 70s and 80s and my dad was a flight engineer and he got the job of a lifetime and moved his young family, my mum, my brother and I, uh, to Hong Kong. Mum was in the Air Force. Her career was um, early days in the Air Force and she had to resign when she was pregnant with me. Mum was so talented and we really only saw half of it. And, you know, I shared this in the blog that to my eternal shame, as I think back on it now, as teenagers, we would tease mum, you know, we'd dismiss her opinions. And in the later years, mum shared that she really lost herself in those years living overseas. She had kids who went back to boarding school. All of our friends did that. You know, everyone living in Hong Kong, a lot of people went either to back to Australia or back to the UK with the dominant sort of friendship groups that I had over there and she had a husband who was away a lot and for mum shopping and sort of card games on the Hong Kong social circuit didn't really cut it. Mum moved back to Australia um, after dad had one too many friends in faraway places and you know I know that was incredibly difficult for her moving back in her early 40s studying accounting and then built herself a successful career as a tax agent. And I just saw another side to this gorgeous woman. You know, mum instilled in me at that point that I should always be able to support myself financially. And I will be so grateful to mum that watching her provided proof that you can do anything that you set your mind to. 
both of my parents, you know, I was so lucky growing up. Both of my parents painted big visions of what was possible for me and my brother. They never set limits. In fact, the opposite. And a doctor and a lawyer were the two firm favourites of the time. They never suggested CEO, you know, and I just think that that archetype of CEO was solidly male. It's a little less solidly male now, but still dominant. And it just wasn't on our radars. And I still don't believe that it's on enough radars. I hesitated over writing this article until over summer I read Hannah Divney's book, I'll Let Myself In. And I really do want to thank Hannah for instilling the courage in me to publicly explore my reaction to be calling to being called a feminist. I think I always knew that calling my podcast Brave Feminine Leadership was going to be divisive. You know, I ask every single leader I interview, and if you're a regular on the podcast, you will have heard this, I ask them what the term means to them. And the responses are so varied. They're so interesting and often they're so personal. They range from, you know, a really genuine acceptance that as female leaders, it can be hard to show up as ourselves and be totally accepted. That even with incredibly good fortune and privilege as so many of us have, there's still times that we feel like another or, frankly, we feel like we're not enough. And then there's the group of leaders I interview who respond to my question by taking the feminine out of it. And they say leadership is brave and it is brave, but I always wonder why they sidestep that question. My favourite response comes from Liz Broderick. I think this is the first time I've called out my favourite response who talks about brave feminine leadership as leadership that's accessible to everyone, you know, a chance and a willingness to broaden our range. And I'll share her quote here. So Liz said, it's about a way of walking in the world, and I believe brave feminine leadership can be exhibited by people of all genders. It's not just a women's thing. What does it tell me? It tells me that you're harnessing your emotions instead of trying to silence them. So often we see leadership presented in a dispassionate way. For me, brave feminine leadership is about harnessing everything that I am, all of my emotions and everything else, and using it to create positive change in the world. Let me take a brief pause from listening to the podcast for a minute just to check in and see if the conversation's inspiring any new thoughts or any new reflections for you. I hear so often from people in our audience, largely successful and senior professional women, how much they are craving some inspiration into their lives. I would just love to share with you, if you're looking for some, then come and sign up for our Sunday Inspiration email series. You can find a link in the show notes at the end of the show. Now let's get back to the podcast. I often get asked my response to the meaning of brave feminine leadership, and I say all of the above. Good leadership is brave. Sometimes we do feel like another and we can all do better. The honest truth is one day I also hope to take the feminine out of it. But I think it's my own version of imposter syndrome, of playing small. And it's not time yet. There are not enough females in key leadership positions. Being female doesn't make people good leaders. Being male doesn't either. Constructs in society are still shaping the boxes that we operate in. And my wish is that we, we see some of those boxes, that we all see them 
that we challenge them and that we make room for more voices and for new perspectives. Here's an example of a box that I stumbled across while I was researching definitions of feminine and women. I looked up in the dictionary, and it's a Collins English dictionary, I looked up career woman or career girl. It's a woman whose priority in life is achieving success in her career or profession. Underlined is woman, priority, achieving success, career, profession. And so naturally, I was curious about what a career man is. And in the same dictionary, the results said, sorry, no results for career man in the English dictionary. Did you mean career woman, career span, career woman, career win, career women? I'll just let that sit for a minute. So I thought either there are no men whose priority in life is achieving success in their career or women are so special that we need to be labelled one type of woman or another. This is box thinking. All genders can be brilliant leaders and care about multiple priorities, family, health, their teams, their broader community. It's not one-dimensional. And I will keep exploring why we don't have more female CEOs. I do know that this stigma around where our priorities lie, the label of being called a career woman at the expense of everything else is one of them. I'm also going to stay focused on my mission to inspire 100,000 women to be more intentional in their careers. Life isn't black and white. I didn't become a CEO because I was a career woman. You know, I was a talented, hardworking leader who wanted the challenge of leading people and making an impact. And I really enjoy solving problems and developing leaders. I was firstly a mum, a daughter, a wife, a friend, a chick-lit, top-gun loving, sometimes long-distance running me. I'm a different version of me now. The long-distance running's gone. I'm a bit more of a long-distance walking and yoga, yoga version of me. But I was me. I've got a really wise sister-in-law. In fact, I've got a lot of sister-in-laws. And I was sitting with one recently who always makes me think. And we sat at a dinner together over summer, deeply engaged, while she asked me brilliant questions, simple questions. They're often the hardest. What is feminine? What is masculine? Are they real? She shared her rejection of the term feminine and how she'd hate to be referred to that way. And well, again, I went back to the dictionary, but after I checked out the Collins Dictionary, I kind of understood a little bit of the why. So some, someone or something that is feminine has qualities that are considered typical of women, especially being pretty or gentle. For example, I've always been attracted to very feminine, delicate women, and the bedroom has a light feminine look. Hmm. Maybe I've been careless with words, but maybe not. Brave feminine leadership. What if there was space for leadership to be pretty and gentle? What if that became the norm? What if a delicate, light leadership approach resulted in deep conversations and solutions about how our workplaces could be? What if a curious, gentle approach engaged people to be themselves and feel like they belonged? encourage people to do work of real value. The current workforce disengagement shows us that there is a chance to lead differently, but are we listening? 
Leadership can be visionary and empathetic. It can be decisive and compassionate. It can be responsive and intuitive. Leadership is a very nuanced thing. And the best leaders are those who are comfortable enough in their own skin to encourage broad and inclusive thinking. The best leaders welcome different perspectives and they don't try to shape others to think like them. I have been so lucky to be raised by wonderful feminist leaders, male and female, who believed deep in their bones that women and men deserved equal chances. Leaders who didn't set limits and who saw possibility. With them as role models, how could I ever back away from using my own voice to see possibility? I really thought I could shake off being called a feminist. But the deep experiences of our time are pervasive and I don't want to shake it off. I don't want to dismiss my reaction and I want to stay open to learning, to seeing the possibility, the possibilities for me and the possibilities for you. I use the words male and female and feminine and masculine without the intent to exclude or limit, and I fear they do. I want to acknowledge that these gendered terms may be triggering and they might be clumsy, and it's not my intent to exclude anyone. I bring to this conversation my lived experience as a privileged cisgendered woman. I'm always open to hearing and understanding others' experiences. Thank you so much for listening to my very personal reflection today, I would really love you to share your thoughts on, you know, how do you feel about the term feminist or feminism? Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining me. And that was the end of another podcast conversation. So thank you so much for listening to the episode today. I often hear from leaders who felt inspired by the conversations and are ready to put themselves first. And so I wanted to take a brief moment just to share how I've helped hundreds of women just like you become crystal clear on the exact steps they should be following right now to lead an intentional and sustainable life without second guessing themselves so that they can maximize their influence influence and impact. I've put some details into the show notes and there's a link there where you can find out some more about our signature Elevate and Influence program. While you're there, take the time to sign up for our Sunday inspiration email series. Have a brilliant day.